Ashley Caputa. I'm so excited to be here. Okay. <laughs> I wish I could be there, but I'm excited to be here. <laughs> well, when you come here, we'll do it again. Yes. And yes. You'll, you'll sit at the I look table. forward to it. Yeah. So you're, we're talking to you. Um, we're in Birmingham, and you're in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Yes. So you are a long way away from here. Yeah. But not in the spirit. Mm-mm. Not at all. No, close. not at all. Very close. <laughs> so before we get started, um, I tell you what, Leah, why don't you do a little back and forth with Ashley to introduce her to whoever's listening and to me as well, because we don't know each other that well. We do in the spirit. We do through just our one-mindedness, our single-mindedness and heart about grace, about Jesus. But um, anyway, all right, okay. I'll let you take it from here. Hey, Ashley. Hi. So why don't you remind me how we met Let's see. So we were brand new to homeschooling and to classical conversations when we lived in Gulf Breeze. And this was years ago when all of my babies were still babies. I was actually still having babies. (laughs) Um, And I remember my first impression of you, Leah, was that you were so spirit filled, but I didn't know what that meant. And so I thought it was a little crazy. (laughs) But I still have a very strong um, remembrance of, I don't even, it was something to do with school. And I remember you saying, well, we're going to do this for right now because this is where the spirit's leading. And I thought, it doesn't really make any sense to me, but okay. I really love this person because you were so just like the nicest person I've ever met. And I still, you're one of my very dearest friends and so full of life and love and joy and all the things. And so that's how we first met. And it's just, grown and blossomed from there. I love it. I remember in Gulf Breeze being very attracted to you and your family. I loved you immediately. And I loved that you were scholarly and smart and focused and young. And I also sensed that there was going to be a free fall of grace because I saw in your eyes a hunger for more life. Absolutely. And so that's what I remember from the beginning of our relationship. I think the most interesting thing is how we have grown in relationship and are really closer now than we were when we lived in proximity. Do you want to talk about that at all? I think that's interesting. Yeah, it is. And it's beautiful. Um, Whenever I think through my, you know, encounter with grace and really meeting Jesus for who he is for the first time, you're a huge part of that story because we had moved down here and, you know, I grew up in church my whole life. I've always loved God, always loved scripture. I mean, I just spent my whole childhood memorizing scripture was always in church and always wanted to, to please God. But I, at that stage in my life, when I met you and as we moved to South Florida, I just remember being so frustrated, so frustrated because I would see other people around me and think they're so free. And I feel so just like bound up by all these different things. What am I missing? (laughs) And I remember one day just out of the blue, we hadn't talked in a while. Um, We, you know, we would connect here and there via Voxer sending voice messages back and forth. And out of the blue, we, it had been probably months since we had spoken, you sent me one of the, one of Trisha's teachings from Unveiling Jesus. I don't remember which one it was, but I, I list, you said, I, the Holy Spirit told me to send this to you. I want you to listen to it. And I remember listening and thinking, this is crazy. <laughs> is this really like, is this really true? Cause you were, it was talking about how God doesn't count our sins against us. And I remember thinking, cause I, I had, I had grown up believing that I needed to be confessing my sins every day. You know, Trisha, you talk about this a lot. Like I remember, I had notebooks at times where I would carry it around with me and write everything down during the day so I could remember to confess it all at night. She's such a good student. And, um, (laughs) 
Yeah, like I wanted to do it right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I wanted to do it right. And I worked so hard at that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just remember thinking, how can this possibly be true? And so that started just, um, it started a conversation. And I remember at some point, um, uh, what was Amanda, Amanda Nichols, you drew her into the conversation. And for a while there, we were like, I was just asking questions. Uh, like hourly almost like, okay, I'm reading this book and I'm listening to more of these teachings and what does this mean? And how does this work? And I don't, you know, I don't understand based on what I have always believed. And um, ever since then, it's just, you know, God gave me an amazing revelation of grace. And I, I truly believe that I was, I met Jesus really for the first time. Um, and it was, that was about six years ago. And ever since then, it's just been this beautiful back and flow, back and forward flow of, of grace and spirit filled conversation. And it's really beautiful. It's one of the greatest blessings of my life. I'm so, so thankful. Me too. It's absolutely mutual. I remember also when I met you, I think I've told you this before. If I haven't, I'm happy to now. Uh, when we met in Gulf Breeze, I remember seeing you, um, in shades of gray. I don't know how to explain it, but there wasn't the color and vibrancy that I knew was available in your life. And I don't always see things in color, but I did. But when, like through the years, you're in hyper color, like beautiful spring flowers, and I see color all over. And it's the neatest thing because, um, you knew of, or it appeared to me at least, and I obviously am growing in it as well, knew of the love of God. But when it became your own, it brought life, of course, and vibrancy and water and yes. hydration and water, you know, overflowing of all kind. And I just think it's incredible. I just see color. I see color all around. And it's so beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's really beautiful because the picture that God gave me um, was I, I was trying to put a puzzle together upside down. And, you know, a puzzle upside down, like, like upside down, flip it over on the back side. Mm-hmm. And a puzzle on the back is just one color. How can you possibly <laughs> yes. fit a puzzle together yes. if you don't know what the picture is? And I just remember thinking, you know, like wow. that scripture was so confusing. And I felt like there had to always be this like crazy interpretation. And, mm-hmm. and I remember when God gave me that revelation of grace and, and the, my need to be, to be born again and not just be a follower of Jesus, but to be a believer that he died for me, I, it was like somebody flipped the puzzle over and it it all made sense. And I thought, this is so simple. It's been so complicated my whole life. And now it's so simple and nothing's been the same since. I love it. There was a a family, uh, my very dear friend, Heidi, uh, we knew each other through homeschooling and our, our husbands had met a time or two. Our daughters are the same age and our boys are really good friends. And so they invited us over for dinner one night as a family. And it was the first time we had all gotten together in that setting. And throughout the whole evening, they were just talking. The conversation was so spirit filled and it was so full of grace and the new creation message, the new covenant. It wasn't long after that, that we started going to church with them. And, and at that point we were meeting in Dr. Drummond's house. That's our pastor. It's Heidi's father-in-law. Um, it was a very small group at that point. God had actually moved the, this core group of the church down here from up north um, probably about 20 years ago now and had just kind of kept them protected and sort of a little uh, protective sphere because he was, uh, the Holy Spirit was building this new creation message in Dr. Drummond's heart as well. And he's a writer. So he's written so many books and he keeps putting a new one out every six months or so. And they're all just so full of that, um, the message of grace and our, our right standing with Jesus. Um, yeah. uh, he's got one that we're going through right now at church called already there about how we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. That is our, that's our status right now. Um, and so we started going to, to church with them and it was just, I mean, it was like sitting under a waterfall after wandering in the desert for years. Mm-hmm. And so that was six years ago. And now our church has grown. We have, we're meeting at a, um, a community center now. And we have, probably 50, 60, 75 people coming on Sunday mornings. Um, 
it's really beautiful. It started with like 25 of us and now it just continues to grow. And, and every time somebody comes in the door and, and comes back, it's, they're kind of saying the same thing. Like, this is what we've been looking for, the yeah. love and the acceptance and the, you don't have to hide. You don't have to work hard. Just rest in the finished work of Jesus. And it's been, we had actually, when we moved down here, didn't think we were going to stay for longer than two or three years. And once God added us to our church, we said, that's it. We know that this is where we're supposed to be. And now we will never leave unless God tells us to go elsewhere. You know? Wow. It makes me tear up. I feel very emotional in the best way listening to you because I've watched all of this and mm-hmm. uh, participated online some listening and just enjoying basking in it you've blessed me with books from Dr. Drummond yeah. I love it and um, it's been the coolest thing I remember praying with you um, or maybe it was just the Lord and me praying that y- y'all would find a group, you know, a, a friends, mm-hmm. and it happened so quick. I mean, it was so fast. Yeah, I was did. like, whoa, this is <laughs> yeah, incredible. And, and to have observed the beauty in y'all's relationships and how you just mm-hmm. are living and flowing and thriving, it's been awesome. Yeah. Well, awesome. That's just all a good journey that we can relate to, and yeah. we're living a similar life here. Well, the the word, as I said before, let not your heart be troubled, was really burning, and uh, it really was burning in my heart all night last night. Like, and I know it's just because we were going to talk about it today, but um, wow, you know, we love to talk about the doctrines of grace and what it means to be a new creation, what it means to be righteous and in right standing with God, and and how it practically you're not making lists of your sins and confessing them anymore, and all that. But to me, the, the, at, the, at the end of the day, how does it change your life? It just brings such peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the middle of the night um, and waking up, I guess it's been a little over a week ago, I heard, let not your heart be troubled. This is what I woke up with. And then it says, in my heart, it said, in my house are many mansions. Nice. But the first verse that came to mind was not the one that talks about having a mansion. It, it's it's verse four. It's at John fourteen twenty seven. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. And that word peace, he would have been speaking Hebrew to his disciples. So we'll just go with shalom on that and. Um, the Strong's Concordance, wholeness, well-being, safety, joy, favor, completeness, soundness, safety, health, prosperity, contentment, tranquility, friendship, happiness, rest. And and I've heard this, nothing broken, nothing missing. Mm-hmm. Ashley, I'm hearing the word supply. Mm-hmm. And safety. And I know uh, through the years, safety has been quite the theme with you and with Jesus yeah. and with me. Do you want to talk about that at all? Just your journey. I don't know that um, your safety in Christ. Yeah. That's, it's been a beautiful thing. I'll, I'm going to share this. Just This happened just this morning because I think it's a beautiful testimony of that. I was telling the Holy Spirit that I was a little bit nervous about coming on the podcast just because, you know, technical issues or, you know, and just in general, something new I've never done before. And over the past few years, um, I've noticed that the Holy Spirit likes to remind me um, that he left me by sending me little hearts just in random places. I've got a whole album in my phone full of pictures of little hearts. Like there's one on the sidewalk in my neighborhood that is, it's in the cement. It is a perfect heart and nobody could have planned it. It just, is there. I see it every morning when I'm walking my dog. And so this morning I was just conversing with the Holy Spirit, getting, I was fixing my husband's lunch so that he would have lunch ready. And because I wasn't sure what time we'd be done. And I was peeling a boiled egg and I flipped it upside down and there was a perfect heart on the bottom of the boiled egg. Like who could have ever planned that? 
I'll send you the picture when we're done. But um, it was such a reminder that I, I love you. I've got you in all things. I'm proud of you. And that safety, like, I don't have to be afraid of the condemnation. I don't have to be afraid of getting it wrong. I don't have to be afraid of anybody hurting me. You know, there are some circumstances in our life right now that we don't have an answer to the end. Some, some scary things, um, some things that in the in the flesh, in our carnal minds, we, we just we don't have answers for and could potentially be damaging to us as a family and lots of different things. But um, the Holy Spirit keeps reminding us, my husband and myself, that it's not going to cause us harm. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what the devil's trying to do. In Jesus, Mm -hmm. we are safe. You are safe. And it's just, it really has been a theme. And I I love that. There's so much comfort in that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that is excellent. Ashley, tell us more about your family. Um, so my husband, Michael, and I, we've been married for 16 years. <laughs> Start to lose count after a while. Um, I think it'll be 16 this year in August. And then we have um, our oldest daughter, Jada, is 19. And then our next daughter, Chapel, is 12. And then Benjamin is 10. And Luke is 8. And Jada graduated from high school last year. She's working full time. And then Chapel, Ben, and Luke are all homeschooled. We do classical conversations, and that's all they've ever known is homeschool. And I absolutely love having them at home. Um, and, yeah, we we live here in South Florida. My husband is a super athlete. He cycles hundreds of miles a week. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we all stay very active. And we have a dog, Mowgli. He's a labradoodle, very full of energy. <laughs> I'll never forget Chapel and in- Jada and Hope's class dancing to the timeline. I yes. mean, she was like two years old and now she is just yeah. a beautiful young lady. I'm certain she'll hear this. I want her to know that I love and bless her, prayed for her for her whole life, along with yeah. Jada, all the kids. I just love them. Yeah, yeah. they're great. Love it. With the theme, um, Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled, another verse that the Lord gave me yesterday and today that I see for your family and for us, mm-hmm. and I know for the people listening, for the guns. It's Proverbs twenty two eleven. It says that he that loveth pureness of heart, for the grace of his lips, the king shall be his friend. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of phrases or, or clauses, I guess, that are a little bit confusing. But the Lord is showing me he that loveth pureness of heart. Of course, is Jesus. Jesus loved pureness of heart enough to go to the cross to die for us, the one payment for sins for us and the grace of his lips of course he was is so gracious was so gracious the king shall be his friend and we've been brought into that friendship mm-hmm. in union with jesus yeah mm-hmm. i just love it i receive it i'm drinking in that rain and yeah. blessing yeah. your family and your friends in fort lauderdale our friends in fort lauderdale too yeah. with that mm-hmm. you know um if i get to it um in this John 14 passage, one of the things I put in my, my margins throughout, which I had not seen with, with such clarity before, is how many times I could write First John 4.17 hmm. relates to this, as Jesus is, so are we mm-hmm. in this world. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just all through John 14, all through John 14. And that's kind of what I'm taking from what you're saying is, you know, we are as Jesus is. Mm-hmm. He's the king of kings. Mm-hmm. We're kings mm-hmm. in his kingdom. Like in Narnia, mm. the special story yeah. to Ashley and me. Well, to many, yeah. of course, with Lewis. Yeah. yeah. Lucy and Susan. Yeah. And Peter and Edmund at the right hand of the throne with their robes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he brought them into perfect union with them and clothed them in perfect, beautiful, royal clothing, expensive clothing. It's our reality. Yeah, that that was a beautiful picture that God gave me, um, and I want Hope to paint it for me someday. <laughs> but I remember, because um, like I said, I had followed, I, I had thought that I was a Christian my whole life. I had always loved God, but it was such, it was so me 
centered. It was, what was I doing? It, there wasn't very much about Jesus. It was all about me. And I remember in that, the moment that he gave me the revelation that um, it was all about him and not about me. I remember asking, how could that be? Because I've followed you my whole life. And he gave me this beautiful picture of being um, like, there's a book that we used to read, The Little Match Girl. And that's the little girl that I picture. She has like rags on. And so I pictured myself as this skinny little girl, dirt on her face, kind of messed up hair with this, these rags on, sitting in a cage almost on the floor. And I could see Jesus sitting outside the cage next to me, taking care of me, talking to me. And the moment that I recognized that it was him that was there all along and that it was all about him, that the cage just melted away. I stood up and took his hand and I instantly was transformed into a beautiful princess, tall and regal, clothed in rich, beautiful garments. And that's that picture it has never left me that's what that's what he does for us yeah. and it's so beautiful it yeah. is and that is absolutely my story and i know trisha's and so many others slightly different language exactly the same story oh yeah, yeah. beautiful mm-hmm. yeah mine when when he showed me who i was mm-hmm. is when i knew how much he loved me mm-hmm. because yeah you know, part of it was just the unfairness of it. Like, how can this be true? And it was his face. You know, God commands the light to, to shine that shows us when we look into the face of Jesus, we're, we're looking at God. We're, that is how he sees us. That was his plan yeah. all along, to clothe us. And I would, I would say clothe us inside and out, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, to the core. To the yeah. core. You can't, if, if you, if, if, I had a friend who was um, having a dream, and in the dream she had a robe of righteousness on, a white robe, but it was actually like just a blouse, a white blouse, and she was in the presence of Jesus, and she thought, I shouldn't be wearing white in the presence mm-hmm. of Jesus, and she, she tried to get the shirt off, but there was another white one underneath, and she said, <laughs> oh, no, and, and she, you know, she just started taking white shirts off, and she couldn't get to the end of the white shirts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the way through. Mm-hmm. It's not just covering something. It's not like the old covenant mm-hmm. covering sin. His blood has washed us clean, mm-hmm. taken it away. Yeah. A chemical change. A new yeah, creation yeah. identity. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. A new oh, heart. New. And that new heart is what gives us mm. the strength and the power that overflows to regard everybody around us. Yes. And that new creation identity, whether they're right. walking in gray or walking in hyper color. And so mm-hmm. we regard things yeah. as though they are, as though they yeah. can be, as though we know God's heart for us is. There's power in that. Let not your heart be troubled is in John 14 twice. Jesus said it twice. He said it in verse 27, which is towards the end of the chapter, but it's also in the very first verse. Let not your heart be troubled. And if you back up just a few verses, because you know it's it's a flow, Mm -hmm. that he's in a conversation, that when you go, you know, chapter 13, chapter 14, chapter 15, chapter 16, chapter 17 of John, this is the last night that he's with his disciples. He's had the last supper in John 13. And at the in John 17, it's a prayer that he's praying for his disciples, and not only for them, but for us today. So when he's going into John 14, if you back up just a couple of verses, what is going on was just really rocked me this week as I was meditating on this. He's talking to Peter. After Peter has said, you know, some things like he would die for him, he would lay down his life, he would never abandon him. And um, because Jesus is trying to tell them, you know, I'm I'm going away for a while, but I'm going to return. And Peter says to him in John 13, 36, he says, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. Boy, that jumped out at me. 
He told Peter that. You shall follow me afterward. That is a, that's a definite statement. Peter, you're, yeah. you're going to be there with me. He is prophesying over Peter's life. Mm-hmm. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. That's some boasting there, isn't it? Jesus answered and said, Will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. So he's predicting that this is going to happen. But before he predicted his betrayal, he prophesied his return. It's going to happen. I love that. Like God already knows. He already knows his plan for us and for our kids. And it's a good plan. In um, Luke 22, the same night, in the Amplified, Jesus says to Peter, Simon, Simon, listen. Satan has asked excessively that all of you be given up to him out of the power and keeping of God. In other words, out of the safety Satan wants to take you, he's asked for you, that he might sift all of you like grain, but I have prayed, especially for you, Peter. I love that. Jesus is praying for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That your own faith may not fail. And when you yourself have returned again, So once again, he's predicting that he's going to leave. And then he's prophesying his return. Not only that, he says, I want you to strengthen and establish your brethren. He's already giving him an assignment. Just like Paul. The assignment was on his life, even while he was persecuting Christians. Yeah, I love that. And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. But Jesus said to him, Peter, before a single cock shall crow this day, you will deny, you will utterly deny that you know me. I love that. I tell you what, he was not ready, but he would be. And um, then the next verse says, let not your heart be troubled. He, and that was mainly talking about I'm going away. But I'm going to return. But I think it's significant that he says it right after. He he tells Peter, hey, you're going to deny me, but it's okay because you're going to come back. Because he was going to be troubled. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in Luke 22, back to that. It um, talks about the three denials. I now cross-referenced this. A servant girl, another girl, and then bystanders. So here's Peter, this big, you know, I assume he's kind of a big burly guy. That's why I've always pictured him. I don't know. Always so bold, you know. And here he is, a couple of girls ask him. Don't you, weren't you hanging out with him? Don't you know him? No, no, no. I've never, never seen him before. Never known him before. And, and, um, man, I don't know what you're saying. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord that he had said to him before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. The Amplified said he was he was deeply grieved and distressed. But Jesus had a plan all along to restore him. Mm-hmm. And I love in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul is giving an order of events that occurred that Jesus died. He went into the grave. He rose again. And then it says he was seen by Peter. He was seen by Cephas, which is another name for Peter. And then by the 12. We don't know what happened, but they had a private meeting 
that was just between the two of them. I love that. And then in John 21, we have this beautiful restoration passage. And uh, But anyway, before I go on, what do y'all think? Ashley, you first, if you want. I, there's, I was thinking there's so much comfort in that as I was reading that connection uh, when Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Um, and I love the, the definition of peace, all those words. <laughs> we tend to think of peace in a, you know, in a, a worldly perspective as a feeling, whether I feel at peace and, mm. you know, peace is very circumstantial. And it's funny because um, one of the ministers at our church, she actually has, she put together uh, for her doctorate degree several years ago, she put together a meditation on this verse from John 14. Um, so it's three minutes of meditating on that actual scripture, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. And then uh, the second three minutes is Jesus has given me peace, mm. his overwhelming transcendent peace. Um, and then the, the last three minutes is thanking God for that piece. And so I have done that 15 minute meditation probably a thousand times. Um, and so I know these verses so well, but I've never looked at them really in that context. And to think that, that Jesus is saying, you know what, Peter, and, and Peter had a lot of those, I think you said in your notes, he was a knucklehead a lot of times. <laughs> um, he was very brash and bold and said whatever he was thinking without you know, governing himself. And he just was the first to jump in. And so obviously he had some missteps along the way, but God knew that. And he said, it's, it's like he was giving him a hug before he even fell down and yeah. said, you know what, Peter, it's okay. You are not lacking anything. Right. Like just that definition of peace that it doesn't, it's not, it's not a feeling, right. but it means that I am whole and complete and mm. there is nothing mm that's ever going to get between me and Jesus. It doesn't matter what I do right. or what is what happens to me. Yeah. We are inseparable and I am okay no matter what. Like how comforting is that? I, that that comfort was the big word that stuck out to me that he was comforting him before he even needed it. Yeah. And how beautiful is that? I feel when uh, you read we read these words P uh, let not your heart be troubled. Hearing Jesus say this, it brings mm-hmm. oxygen to every fiber of my being. It's like I can feel my spirit yeah. f- inflate like a, a balloon. And I have, I love the meditation, by the way. It's been years since I've seen it, so I love that you reminded me of that. But that has absolutely blessed me, too. That is an incredible work. Thank you for reminding us of that. I think that Peter, doesn't it mean head, Cephas means head or rock? I believe that Peter means well, rock. Peter means rock. It's like a small rock. Uh-huh. And then he used a different word. He said, he cha- you know, he changed his name to Peter mm-hmm. and um, Petra. Uh-huh. And then he, he said, on this rock, mm-hmm. I will build my church. But that was a different word. And if you look in the context of that in Matthew 16, he Peter had said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my father who is in heaven. So that's revelation. Mm-hmm. My father revealed this to you. That is the rock, mm-hmm. that revelation mm-hmm. of Jesus, the Christ, the yeah. son of the living God, that the church was to be built on and would be built on. Mm-hmm. And Peter would be. You know, the oldest, the most prominent, the leader, you know, he would be that first leader of the church. And um, so it was a high honor, really. But it wasn't anything he did. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. But it's just awesome that embedded in his name Mm -hmm. yeah. before all of this and many other things we don't even know went down, the Lord marked him. Named with, him. Named him as a, a head, as a as a rock, as a mm-hmm. strong, bold man, and that's what he's done with us. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what we do with our friends and family, and mm-hmm. they are, it's in them. See, see beyond the flesh mm-hmm. to the plans and purposes of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, 
So in John 21, and I have it in the Weist Expanded Translation here. This is the this is the restoration. It's so, so beautiful. When they had breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, do you have a love for me called out of your heart by my preciousness to you, a devotional love that impels you to sacrifice yourself for me? Do you consider me more precious and thus love me more than these? Now, the word love that he is using there is agapeo. And that is that sacrificial love that God has for us in that while we were yet sinners, he gave his only begotten son for us. He sacrificed, and Jesus sacrificed his life. And, you know, no greater love has anyone that he lay down his life for his friends. And he's asking Peter this question, do you love me that way to sacrifice yourself? And then he says, do you love me more than these? And um, the Amplified says, do you love me more than these others do? Speaking of the other disciples, a total commitment and devotion In fact, in Mark's gospel on that same night, he says, even if everybody else leaves you, I will never abandon you. I would never do that, even if all these other guys do. So in his boast, it was like, I would lay down my life more than these. I would love you more than these. And... Peter's answer to him, yes, Lord, you know positively that I have an emotional fondness for you. That is not agapeo. That's not that sacrificial lay down your life love. That's the brotherly love. So that was his response back to him. And Jesus gave him, gave him an assignment. Be feeding my little lambs. My little lambs. So that's restoration number one, to feed them. The Greek word is bosco. And he's, again, prophesying that he's going to be a leader in the the church. And this little lambs, you know, uh, I would say are the the new new little ones, either young children or new to the faith. And um, that word feeding also means that, uh, that he would provide for their spirit. He would supply for their spiritual well-being. So he's he's giving him an assignment, a very honorable assignment, right, mm-hmm. after all this. And then he asks him again, do you, Simon, son of Jonah, this is the second time. Now remember, he denied him three times. So now he's, he's asking him, this is the second time. Simon, son of Jonas, do you have a devotional love for me? called out of your heart by my preciousness to you, a love that impels you to sacrifice yourself for me. Agapeo again. And Peter says to him, Yes, Lord, as for you, you know positively that I have a friendly feeling for you. Phileo again. Brotherly love. Different word. I love you like a brother. And Jesus says to him, second assignment, be shepherding my sheep. Not little lambs this time, and not feed, but shepherd. And that, that I love that word, um, poimano. Tend to the flock, govern the flock, supply all the needs. So, again, he's calling him to be a leader. Then Jesus says a third time, Simon, son of Jonas, do you have a friendly feeling and affection for me? So this time he doesn't say, do you have agapeo for me? He says, do you have phileo for me? Do you love me like a brother? And Peter was grieved, grieved when he asked that. Do you have a friendly feeling for me? And then he says, you know all things. You know positively from experience that I have a friendly feeling for you. I believe this is a lesson Peter has learned not to boast about his love for Jesus. Mm. We boast in his love for us, mm. right? Mm. It's, it's not that we loved him, 1 John 4.10, but 
that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice. And it says, we love, verse 19, 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us. And then he gives them his third assignment, be feeding my sheep. So back to the sheep. So he's feeding the little lambs and feeding the sheep, the whole body of Christ. I love that. And uh, I believe that this is, I, I love Peter. I've always loved Peter. Peter is an example to me of grace, grace. And as you said, that wasn't the only time he was a knucklehead. Um, he, you know, when, when he had that dream and the sheet was lowered down with the unclean animals and God told him to eat the unclean animals, he told God, how many times? Three times. No, God gave him three chances to say yes. And he said no three times. I think this whole thing of three times is to, is to prove God's grace, to prove that it's grace upon grace upon grace, that there's nothing you could do. I mean, he's flat out telling God no. Mm-hmm. I mean, we tell God no, that means I don't believe you. I, he was so ingrained with his religion that even if God were to tell him to, to go against that, he wouldn't do it. And that's, that's pretty tough, right? Mm-hmm. But anyway, is that, y'all have anything to add to that? Yeah, what are you thinking, Ashley? I was just thinking about that anal- or that story where the sheep came down. And, you know, as a parent, <laughs> my patience is not always, I don't ha- always have the long suffering of, that I would like to exhibit towards my children. I have it. I just don't always use it. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, as a parent, if I'm offering my child something three times and they say no, that third time I'm going to, you know, yank it away. Well, fine, we're done. We're doing something else. (laughs) But God just kept offering, you know, he doesn't, his patience doesn't run out. His grace doesn't run out. Um, There's just, I just keep coming back to that word comfort. There's just so much comfort in that, that. Whatever we need, you know, I was listening, um, I've been listening through the Unveiling Jesus teachings again when I walked the dog in the morning, and I was listening to one the other day, and you were talking about, you know, um, calling the law Mr. Law, like being married to a man yeah. named Mr. Law, who is just so exacting. I want my coffee at 8 o'clock on the dot, and it needs to be this exact temperature, and if it's wrong, then I, you have to do it again. And if you break one of the yolks of my eggs, then you have to make them again. And I, you know, like, how, <laughs> how much fear and anxiety and just pressure and stress would that cause? And then you said, when, when we died to the law and now we're joined to Jesus, yeah. it's like he comes to the breakfast table and, and lays before us everything that we need for the day. Mm-hmm. Back to that word supply. Right. He's our supplier. And he says, I've got you covered for the whole day. You don't have to worry about anything. It's all right here. I just imagine like a picnic basket full of everything that I need for the whole day. And it's right there. And he's going to be walking with me and reminding me, Hey, whatever you need is in that basket. Um, And that's, that's, that's the grace of God that even if I'm, even if I go out in left field or I, I choose to sit down in the mud, he's not going to, you know, like cross his arms and get all huffy. How dare you not listen to me or not obey what I'm saying? You know, he's like, I love you. It's okay. Come on, let's get up. Let's wash you off. Let's keep mm-hmm. going. Uh, there's no, there's no condemnation there. And, and God, that's how he treated Peter and how beautiful that he gave him. He answered those three times with saying, you know what, Peter, you denied me three times and I'm going to remind you three times that there's a call in your life and that it doesn't matter what you do that, I'm here for you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to leave any questions in your mind about who you are and who I am and the, the surety of our union. Mm. It's, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Oh man. That is oh, I feel so awesome. encouraged. I love it. It's what he's done for us. It's what we get to do for other people. And yeah, I just, yeah. it's why too, we never ever even have a desire to move away from the finished work of the cross because that's where the love story took place, the great exchange took place, and we became new creations. And it's so awesome how our stories are all so similar. And while you were talking, I just saw the prodigal God with his arms wide open Mm -hmm. just waiting 
for his son to come home. And I see Jesus on the beach uh, making breakfast, you know, preparing the fish and the loaves and um, how every day I have a fabulous friend. We're all friends in the spirit, Heather. And we talk Mm -hmm. all the time about Jesus is making breakfast for us every day. He makes breakfast for Mm -hmm. us. And, you know, I love breakfast for dinner. So it happens all day long, but he's just preparing. He's one step ahead and he prepares live, good, um, fresh, organic Mm -hmm. meals for us at each turn. He is our supply and it never quits running. Mm -hmm. I just feel so encouraged. Thank you. I love it. Well, you know what's interesting is before this restoration passage is that breakfast that you're talking about Mm. in John 21 where they are dejected for some reason. I guess it just didn't turn out like they thought. I mean, Jesus had been resurrected. He had come through the walls. He had shown them his hands and his side, the receipt for their forgiveness, um, they were afraid, huddled together for fear of the Jews, you know, and here he comes through the walls and presents himself to them. So they knew he was alive. He presented himself to hundreds of people. But I guess I just still, you know, I guess there was a lot of persecution. It wasn't what maybe they thought it would be. So they went back to fishing. And so they were out on the lake and they were fishing and they weren't catching anything. And Jesus is on the shore, and he's making breakfast for them, but they don't recognize him. And um, he tells them to, you know, to throw the net on the other side, on the right side. And then they um, get this net full of fish, and it's so many fish that they can't pull it into the boat. And so Peter jumps into the water to pull this massive thing to shore because like you said just a second ago, he just dives right in. He's just so bold. And they counted the fish, and there were 153 of these fish. And this is where I get into numbers. That, um, you know, every Hebrew letter has a number and the words. That, anyway, you can make sentences out of numbers in Hebrew. And this number 153 says, I am the Lord. It was a revelation in that number of fish, of that supply, the net-breaking supply that Peter had to have superhuman strength to pull to shore. And here's another little tidbit, that if you add up the numbers 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4 plus 5 all the way to 17, you know what it adds up to? 153. And 17 is the number of freedom and victory. The number of victory is 17. And in Romans 8, those last few verses where it says, nothing shall separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And it lists all these things that can never separate you. I don't have the verse in front of me, but you know what it is. Angels and demons and this and that. There's 17 of them. Wow. There's 17 things listed that can never separate you. I love that they didn't recognize him. And mm-hmm. it's okay. He reigns on that just and the unjust. I mean, he, they didn't even know what was going on. And yeah. he abundantly supplied them. And then supplied Peter with the strength to pull it to shore. Yeah. And then Jesus, of course, was ahead of them making breakfast. Yeah. So sweet. Yeah. And another little thing that always gets me in this story. This is the glorified Jesus. He not only demonstrated in his ministry before he died what the Father's heart is by healing people, delivering people, defending people, like the woman caught in adultery, the woman with the alabaster box, the woman at the well, you know, Mary Magdalene, all these people that had been, you know, sinners. Um, and, and, and what else did he do? He, he fed people fed the 5,000 and the 7,000, and here he is afterwards. So he's shown us what God is like before, shown us what God is like at the cross with this love, and then after the resurrection, he's still serving. Glorified Jesus, ever the servant, 
even today, serving us by being our intercessor, wearing the garb of a servant in heaven now, girded with that. But it's gold. It's, it's not the, the human servant. He is still human. He's the God-man. He will always be our mediator. I think this is something that, I don't know, I mean, the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth, but I wonder if this is something I will ever grasp until I get to heaven. What the humiliation that he, he came down, right, put on human flesh, and is still the man, Jesus Christ, He's the God-man. Anyway, I love that, um, that, that Jesus fed them again that, that morning on the beach. I, it reminded me of something that the Holy Spirit showed me a while back. There's a verse in Second Corinthians, and I don't have the whole thing memorized, but it said he, the first part, it, he provides seed to the sower and bread for food. And then it talks about how he multiplies the harvest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had, he was telling Peter, you're going to feed my sheep. And how many times did Peter see Jesus feed the multitude with just the, the tiniest bit that he began with? And you have to wonder if Peter was sitting there thinking, how in the world am I going to do that? How am I going to feed all these people? I have no idea what, what I'm going to teach them or tell them. And, mm. and here is Jesus again saying, not only am I going to supply you with the seed, I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to feed you yeah. while you're feeding others. And I'm going to multiply your harvest. You're going to have more than you could possibly ever want or imagine all for my glory. And again, I'm sure he was comforting Peter. Even if Peter never spoke it, I can, I would be sitting there thinking, how in the world am I going to do this? Um, I'm not qualified or capable or any of those things, but it, I mean, it's so beautiful how it all connects, how God is so intentional with connecting the dots with the experiences the disciples had. And then again, just reminding them I'm going to give you more than you can even handle. And that's why I'm giving you grace because, I'm going to, you're going to need it. And it's going to be an amazing adventure. Just hold on for the ride. (laughs) You used that analogy of a picnic basket. And as you were talking, I was thinking about the feeding of the 5,000. It says, and there were 12 baskets full left over. And that giving has never stopped. That, that verb tense, you know, he broke once, but he gave as that, you know, perpetual giving. He never stops giving. So there's always more than enough bread from heaven. Can you talk uh, in the theme of let not your heart be troubled with the, you shared with me a YouTube that Michael shared with you of animals and the cleft of a rock. It was the theme of safety (laughs) and not being troubled. And can you talk about that? Because that is on my head, my mind so much right now. Yeah, it was this cute, I mean, it was just a cute little video that Michael had showed me, but there's these uh, little, they're little gazelles or something. I think they're called clip springers, I think is their name. They're these little tiny deer in Africa somewhere. And they can, like those mountain goats, you know, they can hop down this like a sheer cliff face and just stand on the tiniest little ledge of a rock. And so in the this video that he showed me, there's some hyenas or wild dogs or something up at the top and the, the little deer are just hopping down the side of the cliff. Like nothing's bothering them because they know that they're safe. They know that they're sure footed and they're not worried about falling and they know that the enemy can't get them um, where they are. And so that I, that I love that picture too, yeah. that, you know, God gives us hind feet on high mm, places. He does, we, can, yeah. we can go places and the enemy has no reach. He there. prepares breakfast for us in the presence of our enemies. Yeah. yeah. He's like, hey, you're I trying to that... attack my children. We're going to have a party. So yeah, you can just sit over there and watch. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So, so good. So good. You know, I, just this morning, um, one of our kids needed um, a small amount of money uh, and called and asked for this small amount of money, and um, it was it was a no brainer, of course, you know. And so it was on my phone, but it was on speaker, and and Mark was just you know, of course, of course. And then um, turned the phone off, and then I was headed back to the other side of the house, and I, I heard Mark go, "Praise the Lord, praise the Lord," and I said, "What? Why?" You know, I came running back in. What what's happening? I thought maybe something good had happened at work, or you know, because he. He works here in the house. 
And he goes, I love it when they ask. I love it when they ask. I do. I do love it when they ask. He loves to say yes. Yes. The vulnerability. Yeah. The relationship, the humility, the boldness, the confidence in the relationship. Yes. I love it when they ask. And and Mark. The father's heart. It's the father's heart. I mean, it it was like, I'm watching this thing going, wow, God loves to give. And Mark is that kind of dad. He Mm -hmm. loves to give. Like, Mm -hmm. give me the opportunity to give you something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, oh, as I relate to that, that was really a sweet moment this morning. Let me get back a little bit and just kind of skim over this. John 14, he said, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. And that word receive is paralambano, which means to take and to join to oneself as a bridegroom takes his bride. And he says that where I am, you may be also. That was one of my first John 4, 17s that I've noted. Um, he says, where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas says, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus says, because I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. And then he says, no one comes to the Father except through me. He goes on to say that if, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm I'm he, I'm the image of God, the visible image of the invisible God. But right before that, speaking of the feeding of the 5,000, Philip had said to him, show us the Father, and that'll be sufficient for us. Just show us the Father. And interestingly, Philip had used that word sufficient before in the feeding of the 5,000. When he came to Jesus and he said, you know, this small amount of food is not sufficient. It's not sufficient for so many. And um, when, when he said that to Jesus, show us the Father, and that'll be sufficient. He's like, you know, what's sufficient? And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and you've not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. If you saw me feed the 5,000, You've seen the Father. That's sufficient. I love that. And then he says, believe that I'm in the Father, and the Father is in me. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but my Father who dwells in me does the works. And on down a few verses later, it says he's going to send the helper. It's better that I go because... I'm going to pray, and and the Father's going to send you, and this word send means go inside of you. And he's with you now, but he will dwell in you. And he compares that to how the Father is in him, and he is in the Father. And that's another one of my 1 John 4, 17s. The Spirit dwells in us just as Jesus dwells in the Father, and the Father dwells in the Son. And now we dwell in Jesus, and Jesus dwells in us by the Holy Spirit. And there were just so many. I've got, I've got notations all the way through of ways that God, God did this. He made us. He, Jesus says, you ask anything in my name. You know what that means? Mm-hmm. As Jesus is, so am I. In my name. It's a sure thing. Ask anything in my name and I will do it. Amazing stuff. On down, after he says all this, he says, uh, the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance everything that I've told you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives do I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And this word, let not your heart be troubled, is in, the, is in a, a passive verb tense. It's, a, it's an imperative, but it's passive, meaning you're already at peace. This is your natural state of affairs because of the spirit that I'm giving you. You have it all. You already have it. So let not your heart change from that place and become troubled. And then it says, neither let it be afraid. And that's active. So if you, if you become troubled, you, it could lead to fear, could lead to being afraid. But I looked up that word troubled, to rosso, to agitate, 
by the movement of its parts, to trouble a thing by the movement of it part of its parts to and fro, to cause inward commotion, to disturb his equ how do you say this word? Equanimity. Equanimity. I know it's a good word, but <laughs> I actually looked that one up. Mental calmness, composure, evenness of temper, especially in difficult times. But troubled means that this has been disturbed, restless. And one of the uh, definitions said to royal water, to agitate to royal water. And I looked up royal to make liquid turbulent or muddy or cloudy by stirring up the sediment. So you can't see clearly anymore. It's just like everything's, you know, and he's like actively Get that sediment back down to where it needs to be. And how we do that, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Let not your heart be troubled. And as I was reading this definition of troubled, the Holy Spirit spoke to me so clear. Trisha, let not your heart be troubled because I'm bringing peace to all whom you love. And I'm setting everything right for you. So, and I, you know, whether it be me or whether it be my children who all at an early age embrace Jesus as their Savior, as their Lord, and believed, we every single one of us is clean, is pure. And um, this, this is a truth. This eternal efficacy of the blood is a truth that can just keep you steady and keep you at peace no matter what is happening out there. The love of God. Nothing can separate me or Mark or Martha Ellen or Aunt Claire or Francis or Elizabeth or Neil from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Nothing. No matter what. So, what is that place that he went to prepare for us? And he did come back. He went and sprinkled the blood and he came back. It's him. He is our dwelling place. And we are his dwelling place. He dwells inside of us. We're one. We are the house of God. He is, Jesus is the cornerstone. And we are living stones. Living because he lives in us and gives us life. That power, that, that resurrection life. And he even gives life to our mortal bodies and heals us, yeah. sustains us. It's the bread of life. Um, I'll tell a, a brief story and then maybe close us in prayer. Release a blessing. Um, once upon a time, there's a beautiful couple named Mike and Jan. And Mike and Jan are my parents. And they're incredible and once upon a time, my dad had a debilitating stroke, and it took his mobility and his voice, and it rocked his world and all of our world. And once upon a time, there was a angel in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, who sent them um, something in the mail. And it was Psalms 91 on a shield, and her name is Ashley. Yes, I figured. And she's my <laughs> special friend. And it still hangs on my parents' bathroom door so that every time— they go to the most visited room of the house, and they sit. They can read God's promises for them, and it talks about the dwelling place. And um, I just want to thank you for that and honor you for that. Yeah. So sweet when I see that at their home. <laughs> so, um, of course, the words on the door say, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I receive that, and I release that to you girls and to whoever's listening to our families in Jesus' name. Amen. And I love y'all. You too. Ashley, would you close us in prayer? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. (laughs) God, we are so blessed. Um, I'm just blessed that we're able to connect over time and space through technology. It's a gift to be able to connect with other like-minded believers even if we're not in the same location physically. So thank you for the time to do that today. And thank you for your Holy Spirit for coming. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to earth in the body of a man 
to show us the heart of God, to show us the compassion and the love that you have for us, um, the intimacy that you desire with us, that there's therefore now no condemnation. You took care of all of that on the cross. There's no longer any law that we have to live up to, any expectations, any rules or regulations. We have freedom. And then thank you for going back to heaven and sending the Holy Spirit. Um, because we know that if you were still here in body, you wouldn't be able to be in all places at once. And so we're really grateful for the Holy Spirit and the love that flows out of our hearts as a result of that. We pray for everyone who has an opportunity to listen to this podcast, that hearts would be soft and full of faith, that you would speak clearly to any broken places that need healing or restoration, that you would bring hope and life and help us all to rest in the peace that is ours. Everything, everything that we need, the safety, the favor, the blessing, the healing, the wholeness, it's all there in the peace that we have in Jesus. We are seated in heavenly places. We are standing on the rock and there's nothing that can move you and therefore nothing that can move us. So we thank you, thank you, thank you. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. A Real View is brought to you by Parousia, a ministry devoted to boldly sharing the gospel of God's grace, freely offered to us through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Visit ParousiaMinistries.com for teachings and testimonies, as well as information on how you can order Trisha Gunn's highly acclaimed book, Unveiling Jesus, a verse-by-verse foundation of the message of grace. This show is made possible by the generous financial support of people like you who love this message of grace. Your tax-deductible gift to Parousia is greatly appreciated.